you, everybody, for tuning in to another special edition episode of Stick a Fork in It. We're continuing to bring the show to you every week through safe social distancing on Zoom. My name is Ev Malcolm. I'm the engineer for the show. And I'm here with our hosts, Matt Spence and Shannon Hannon Olivero. And our guest today is Sean Daly from ABC Action News. How are you doing today, Sean? Oh, I am so excited to be here. I've been begging Shannon forever to be on this show, haven't I? Welcome to the show, my friend. Finally, I had to pay my way. I had to pay a hundred bucks, but that's okay. Happy to be here. Is the check in the mail? Yeah, it'll go to a good, uh, good, good cause. I know that. No, no, just kidding, friend. We're really excited to kind of have you on the show. Um, we're really fortunate to have you in the community right now where everything we're going through, you're bringing a lot of smiles to people and we really appreciate you. So I wanted to start off by saying that, uh, enjoying it um, on the station. And of course, we're in a digital age, so we all love sharing your stories as well. Yeah, well, you know, I'm the good news guy on ABC Action News. And normally, I'm, you know, it's, my stuff runs in the morning. But there is such a premium on, on positive news mm -hmm. and the community coming together and people helping people that my stuff's running all day long, you know? Yeah. And I was joking earlier that it seems like every story I do these days or every other story, I'm mentioning Feeding Tampa Bay and the amazing work you guys are doing. I did the food truck convoy story and they're like, oh, Feeding Tampa Bay's, you know, I mean, every story you guys uh, show up. So congratulations to you too. You're doing amazing work out there. Thank you so much. I mean, it's really nice that uh, to know that we're doing great work, but kind of a little bit sadly, we're up by 400%. So because you're hearing us so often, it really means that we have to be out there serving the community. So many people are needing Feeding Tampa Bay that never imagined needing to be in search of food. So um, it's great, but it's sad. But the one thing that we really appreciate is them hearing our name. N they know that we're there. So, and we are definitely there for anyone that needs us. And it kind of takes that stigma away by you telling those stories and sharing that there's really nothing to fear by coming and getting food from us. And we're there with a smile and we're so thrilled to be able to help them. But before we get into that, we want to know a little bit about you. So I am on the know. I kind of know this story, but we want our listeners to know and viewers to know. Um, tell us about Sean Daly. How'd you get here? How'd you land in Tampa? So I was, I don't know how far back I should go. I'm a, I'm a proud graduate of Syracuse University. Let's go orange. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I always, you know, growing up, I always wanted to be uh, a writer. You know, I was an only child. Nobody would play with me. So I would just kind of stay home and I'd write about movies and books and music and stuff like that. So I wound up being a music critic at the Washington Post. Um, I was at the Washington City Paper before that. And uh, some people I worked with at the Washington City Paper were Jake Tapper, who is a good friend of mine who's on CNN right now. You might know Jake. Doing yeah. good stuff out there. Uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, who is a brilliant writer. You know, it was kind of a who's who, and a guy named David Carr was my editor. And David Carr was a great media columnist at the New York Times. So I was, uh, you know, it was learning among the greats there. Then I went to, I was a music critic at the Washington Post, and I, I wound up uh, coming down here to the Tampa Bay Times, Ed, and I was, uh, I was the uh, music critic at Tampa Bay Times. And then because I'm way too pretty for print, guys, I had to get into uh, television. So I started doing stuff for Fox and ABC. And uh, before I came uh, to, to ABC full-time now, I was a game show host. Oh, wow. What? HSN, Home Shopping. Oh. That was such a bizarre time in my life that I don't really want to get into it. 
But yes, yeah, so I was the game show host. I had like the long Gene Rayburn mic and everything like that. So uh, it's been a wild, wild journey for me. But I got to say that what I'm doing now and the response I get from, uh, you know, mostly older ladies at Publix is great. <laughs> Every time I go into Publix, people are like, Sean Daly, you look so much thinner in person. And I'm like, wait, what? Thank I think. Um, but it's great. Fan club. It's an absolute pleasure uh, working with you guys and telling stories that uh, about the community coming together. And of course, I do it with a smile, and we, we like to have uh, some fun. But it's also we're telling. I have a great responsibility, right? So right. I come and I have to. You know, I, I've talked about this with you, Shannon. I, I have a minute and twenty seconds about to tell these stories of people's lives, and it, it, it's these are emotional stories and it's it's tough mm -hmm. to can pack someone's life in a minute 20. So right. um, despite the fact that it is uplifting, I put a lot of work into it and uh, but it's incredibly rewarding, especially to uh, to hear from the community that it's making a difference. So, you know, it is and it does. And finally, I'm earning my way into heaven now with all the good <laughs> stuff. You know, It's bracing all my my game show sins. <laughs> and I, I love that you have carved out this opportunity where you can tell good stories because um, it just, it says a lot about where media is today and where media can go. Uh, I have a friend who uh, grew up here in the Tampa Bay area and she was in news media for a while. And uh, the breaking point for her was one Christmas, she was working for a small station in Valdosta and she wanted to do a story because she heard about a girl who got a, po a, a pony for Christmas. And so she thought this is, you know, the kind of apocryphal story, not apocryphal, but the, you know, the story that, that you hear all the time and it's a real thing. And so she wanted to tell that story and her editors made it, made her change it to how uh, Christmas lights can kill you. Oh so. my gosh. Well, I hope I'm not telling, uh, you know, uh, tales out of school here, but uh, this is a, a few years back, uh, some muckety mucks from ABC. Uh, showed up at our station, and uh, I had just started doing, kind of transitioning to these uh, more positive stories in the community, you know. They always have a news angle, but, and that we don't use the word features, you know. Um, but they were, I mean, they were, you know, it was storytelling and stuff like that. And so the, the bosses came in, they said, Sean, you know, we're seeing a, a big trend and people really like good news, you know. And it was kind of like, uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and now... Now, if you notice, you know, and you guys probably see this, when you look at any of the stations in Tampa Bay and probably anywhere, um, everyone is really tagging their good news, you know, mm -hmm. like every station is saying, hey, here's good news for you, because that's the trend, because we're at home and we're scared and we're unsure. And there's so much negative and uncertainty and fear that we're all, you know, bring more good news, find the good stuff. And when right. I say good news, I mean, I know that, you know, what you guys do is, you know, you see, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, struggling and, and, and trying to overcome hardship. Uh, and so when I say good news, you know, it's not always positive, but it's it's people coming together. It's trying to find that, that light at the end of the tunnel. So, um, yeah, now it's a good time to be me, you know, it's a good time <laughs> to, to, and, and to try to help and, Every story I do, I usually put a tag at the end of it where I am directing people to some resource that can help them or that can help others. My, my story that aired today was about Tampa Bay Beer Week and all these breweries and employees at bars and restaurants and establishments all over the Bay Area that 
are just, a lot of them I'm sure are coming to you for help, you know? These are people who are not making income. So I'm trying to, uh, basically Tampa Bay Beer Week is a nonprofit and they're giving money back, you know? So the, <laughs> so I'm urging people to drink beer, which I guess is positive, you know? <laughs> drink responsibly, everybody. Um, well, we're home. But exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so by, by doing that, by going there and buying this stuff, of course, they're, they're helping out, so. Again, I can one up you on that one, Sean. I uh, had a conversation earlier this week with the St. Petersburg Distillery, and they have pivoted during this time to uh, making hand sanitizer. Absolutely. And so they're going to come out to our mass distribution at the Trop on Saturday, and they're going to hand out hand sanitizer while we're handing out food. Wow. That's so, awesome. And I saw Lyft is involved, right? Yes. Yeah. Lyft has a partnership with them. Uh, they want. They were doing their own mass distributions and having trouble getting people to them who were really in need of it. And so they built this partnership with Lyft, where Lyft uh, is providing vouchers for folks who can't afford the transportation to get to the line. And so it's you know they were really excited because now that partnership that they built is even more valuable to the folks who are the beneficiaries because not only are they getting hand sanitizer, but they're also going to get great food from us. Yeah. Yeah, I did a story on Big Storm Brewing. Um, Big Storm Brewing also pivoted to hand sanitizer. And they were giving the hand sanitizer. They were, they were selling it to, you know, to, to establishments and people that needed it, uh, medical stuff. But the owner of the, uh, uh, of the brewery told me, he's like, listen, I'm doing this to keep my employees working, you know. And it was, real, it was for the survival of his own, taking care of his own, you know. Which I totally get, and also helping. You know, this is going to keep people clean and stuff like that. But, but yeah, it's um, uh, it's pretty remarkable how everybody's coming together. You know, yeah. we see. I think on on social media, and I love following you guys because you're always so positive and you're putting a positive message out there. But there's a lot of negative on social media. We know that. You know, um, but when we're face to face, and I'm out there, I'm seeing so much good. I'm seeing so many, uh, so much love. We can't hug each other or shake hands, but you know, um, we want to. You know, I'm really seeing our community is amazing. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm always so proud of Tampa Bay, and I, I go two hours north, two hours south, you know, uh, hour and a half uh, west, and I'm just, I just see a lot of love out there, and it, it makes me feel good. Yeah, it's it's been fun because uh, you know, with the kids being home, I see some of the projects they're doing right now. And my 13-year-old was asked to do a project about what he sees around him, um, and it was for his art class. And so he created this box where the centerpiece was the Mr. Rogers quote that said, when I was young and scared, you know, my mom pointed out that I should look for the helpers. There are always people helping. And then he drew uh, comic strips around the sides of the box that had different people helping and things that he had seen. So he'd seen reports of nurses and of doctors and people handing out food and teachers learning how to teach online. So he had all these little comic strips around it. And it was really neat to see that that was what he was observing in the world around him, to your point about all the positivity that's going on out here. Don't make me cry, Matt. It's too early for that. <laughs> make me cry at the end of the show. That's usually Shannon's job, but we've started right. to... So Sean, you're, he's, he's talking about parenthood. You're a parent as well. So tell us how your daughters are doing going through all of this. That's right. I should say I'm the dad of two daughters, Ava and Maya Daly. They're, as you can imagine, you know, in my family, you got to speak up to be heard. They're funny. They're loud like the rest of us. 
We're a Disney family, so you see a vintage uh, Snow White ride poster behind me. Uh, the Pillsbury Doughboys over there somewhere probably should be filled with cookies, but we eat them all because <laughs> we're quarantined. Um, my daughters are interesting because they hear the stories that I tell when I come home, and you know they don't always watch all of them. Let's be honest, you know. <laughs> I get it; it's a lot of stuff out there, you know. But if I have something I really want them to see. You know, and so they have uh, volunteered their time at places like the Kind Mouse uh, in St. Pete. And, um, you know, I try to be careful with them because I, I did a story last week on a young woman in Riverview. She was 11 and it was her birthday and she got all this birthday money. And, and her mom worked at TGH in pediatrics. And this, this, this young girl on her own said, um, hey, I want to take all my birthday money and buy a sewing machine. And the reason she wanted that sewing machine is so she could make masks for uh, people that couldn't uh, afford them or couldn't get them. And so this young woman made all these masks and she was just, her, her name was Gigi, just tremendous, you know? So I had to be careful though to come up with my daughters and be like, why aren't you making 300 masks? Get in there, <laughs> get off Netflix. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's funny with my daughters who are old enough to know what's going on, but it's still, especially for my 12-year-old Maya, uh, we call her Mai Mai, it's, it's very abstract, you know. It's, um, uh, it's hard to, there's so much information out there. And, I, I, you know, I live in downtown St. Pete, so I'm right by the waterfront. And, uh, you know, she can longboard and skateboard down there. And I ride my bike and stuff like that. And she, I have to remind her to be careful of people's personal space because not everybody is... Uh, you know, not everybody wants like a 12 year old zipping by them on a skateboard, you know. So it's it's an interesting, you don't want to overwhelm them or, or scare them, but you want them to be aware, you know. So, um, you know, it's a, it's an interesting time to be a parent for sure, you know. It is. It really is. Uh, I have I have teenagers in my house as well, girls and boys, and it's uh, it's a struggle to kind of keep them understanding uh Something that you can't see is a danger to you and that if we stay home, um, we'll get closer to being able to escape, if you will. <laughs> so uh, it's a struggle every day. Can I go? Can I go? No, you can't. Can they come over? No, they can't. It's a, it's a daily thing. Um, but we got to stay strong and keep to it so we can kind of come out on the other side, right? Well, the, the good and the bad is living in downtown St. Pete, you know, I, I live a block from Vinoy Park and uh, North Shore Beach and all that stuff. And it's a mob scene. I mean, they closed off the beach. Really? And, but everyone wants to get out before they have to go back inside. So, you know, I'm sure I'd love to see what bike sales are doing. You know, I'm doing a story next week on a nonprofit in Tampa that helps uh, uh, people fix up bikes and uh, gives free bikes to people who are transportation uh, insecure, I guess, you know, stuff yeah, like that. John with well-built bikes, right? Yeah, I'm doing that. And he said business is booming for better or worse, like you guys, you know, say. So I'm doing that story where, more, but I'm, I'd love to see bike sales anyway, because People need a way to get outside, and uh, mm -hmm. so, but there are tons of people downtown, um, so it's a little. Uh, you want people to get out and enjoy, but again, it's you know, you see that many people like a Cecil B. DeMille movie. You're like, oh man, this is. You know, yeah, this there's is a few things I hear everybody's buying are bikes, and then the one I fell prey to, which is puppies. <laughs> puppies. Yes. yes. There are a lot of puppies. What's I mean? I guess all the and I hear that all the shelters are like doing really well as far as finding homes for these uh, for these pets. 
Yeah, my kids were going to be home, and my wife is a teacher, so she's home too. And uh, our dog passed away about a year ago, and so I'd, I'd promised the kids we'd get one over the summer, but we just got to jump on it because I knew they'd be home. So. <laughs> I guess it's a good time for that, you know? We to train them. We were home. So yep. we got a bird. So, yeah. I saw the bird. That's a beautiful-looking bird. Dahlia. Dahlia Rowe. Rowe after Corona. So... <laughs> Really, that's so funny. the roost, if you will. The over bird here. is already a social media superstar. Yeah. You know. Well, you're so good at it. You're so good at it. Stop. So, you've done a few stories over with us at Feeding Tampa Bay. One, you've been in the warehouse. So, tell us, tell me what you think. Tell us what you think about the warehouse. What is your impression of how we roll over there at Feeding Tampa Bay? Yeah, that is uh, that was an impressive, very, very impressive. You know, it's very sobering, though, too. I mean, you guys are – it's such a, a well-oiled machine, you know, and you help so many people, and that warehouse is just – it's like the end of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Wheel of the Ark in there, but filled with food and goodness and hope, you know. You're not bearing the ark. You're, you know, setting it free. Um, so that was just amazing. And the funny thing is, is that when I met you guys and there's so much love there and I, I love working with you so much, you know, I was one man banding that one. So I was in front of the camera behind it. I have to think about, um, how I'm telling a story, make sure I have all my shots. When really what I just wanted to do is hang out with you guys and talk about this amazing work you're doing, you know, and I think you had... I don't know, was it Duke Energy maybe? I don't know, you had people in there and they were bagging sweet potatoes, you know? And it was just this feeling of warmth. Like, like you guys must deal with this all the time because it's, it, it, it's positive, but also you know that a lot of people are struggling and they need this stuff, you know? I don't want to say bittersweet, but it's a, it, it's a very interesting yin and yang that you guys have going on. Yeah, it's fulfilling. You know, I think what Thomas, our CEO, likes to say is we can give you the best three hours of your week if you come volunteer with us. Absolutely. It's a very fulfilling opportunity to come in and feel like you're putting your hands on something that makes a difference. Now, right. hands loved these days, but and anytime you're touching food, but you know, we're I, I love when when I hear that people feel the positivity when they're here because it's extremely important to us to do that to create that atmosphere of hope and positivity and love and, uh, you know, and give people that, that positive interaction. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's interesting and I'll give a lot of credit to you guys too, because when you show up in, uh, somewhere like that and I wasn't sure what the tone was going to be, you know, um, but you guys are such a delight to work with. And I'm not just saying that because you're allowing me to be on your awesome <laughs> podcast, but you guys are so, um, you're just so fun to be around. You know, and um, so anyway, yeah, it's um, you guys just you guys make it fun. And we know we're doing like serious uh, work and we're helping a lot of people. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, I encourage everyone to go and, 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 and volunteer there and and see what you're up to, you know, because it is a positive feeling knowing that you're doing something that good and that directly uh you're directly helping somebody, right? A lot of times when we donate money or we watch a special on TV and we're donating money to the Red Cross or whomever, you're not quite sure. You're hoping your money goes to the good place. You hope it doesn't get wrapped up in red tape. But with you guys, like, you're putting sweet potatoes in a bag that are going to somebody, right? <laughs> Every sweet potato they were touching was going to feed somebody. Uh, you know, 
I think it's great. So you've actually also experienced the handing the food to people. So we did a story uh, with one of our team, Kim Ramey, right? Yeah. So you've experienced that. So you know, and I mean, I have. I'm, I'm going to say the joy I feel. I know it's um, bittersweet to think that someone is in need of food, but I mean, I've handed, or actually, I've shopped in one of our pantries with a young mom with, you know, many children that she was responsible for, not even children that aren't her own, that when she walked away, the relief and peace that came over her was um, unbelievable. Just the peace. It was like the way she, her, the way her body just was relieved to be able to feed her family. Yeah. And that goes from that bag of potatoes and sorting them out to watching a stressed mom come in to get food to all of a sudden, tearful relief and just her body language changes completely. I mean, it's a complete journey. Um, and it's it's rewarding um, for people who volunteer with us in the warehouse. But then again, you go out into the community and you share the food, which now, of course, we're social distancing. We don't get that close. But you were there with us at a mobile. You guys, so yeah, we'll set the stage. So I go out to the Dover Boys and Girls Club um, where uh, you guys had your mobile pantry. You know, and Kim Ramey doing this amazing job running that mobile pantry. And uh, it was really one of the most memorable stories I've ever had because I shot my story. I, I took about an hour shooting it, you know, and then um, I felt this this compulsion because I, I love being around you guys so much is I, I put on the gloves, you know, mm -hmm. and I decided to, um, to, to help, you know, I put all my camera gear away and I decided to kind of just help and load some of this, uh, you know, uh, food and cars and stuff like that. And um, you guys, again, are so positive and so just optimistic, you know, and uh, the react, the, 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 you know, you're never really sure what it's going to be like. These people who are pulling up, they need help, you know, but there was no, um, what's the word for it? Uh, there was no shame there. There was no like, um, you guys just made it so nice. And so it was really uh, a, a pleasure uh, to do that and to help out. And, um, you know, I, I obviously I didn't do it for TV. There was nothing. I just wanted to be, I wanted to one, work, work with you until you made fun of how sweaty my hands were getting in the gloves. And then you, <laughs> you glove shamed me. And then it was, I just laughed. <laughs> I don't know what it, what it is. Like. I never knew there were so many hands before. I put on gloves. But no, it was great. And, and, you know, there's, it reminds me of that scene in Field of Dreams. You know, if you build it, uh, they will come. And, uh, you know, the, the line of cars at the end of Field of Dreams, right? When the cars are coming into the, you know, and the line of cars that showed up at the Stover Boys and Girls Club to do the mobile pantry was so incredibly sobering. Um, and... You know, the stories that I try, what I try to portray is that it was all walks of life. You saw all different kinds of people. You saw all different kinds of cars. You saw um, just young and old and, you know, every race and every religion. And I mean, it's just a great, unfortunately, it's a great equalizer. Like all these people needed help for whatever their story was, you know. And uh, but this line just went out. And Kim was so good because Kim could look at that line and know how much food was in the truck, you know, and say, we're going to be fine. And then she started saying, which I loved what she would do, is that you'd have a family say, oh, I only need this much. And sometimes you'd see Kim kind of say, put two in. She would change how many boxes were going in because she, 
she just had the sense that they would need more and that yeah. some people maybe were being modest and saying how much they needed. And she would read the room, right? And she'd read the car and she'd be like, put two in there, put four in there or, or two families, she would say, or two households, you know, yeah. um, it was really, it was, it was fascinating to tell the story. It was fascinating to, um, to help you guys a bit at the end. Um, it was really one of the most memorable uh, stories I've had in a long time, especially since all the world went sideways, you know. Right. So we want to we want to talk about Kim for a minute, um, because that story was also really um, special to us, uh, to Feeding Tampa Bay. But I want Matt to share a little bit on why Kim is so uh, special to our team um, from kind of where she's come um, and just how amazing she is. So, Matt, if you want to clue our listeners in really quick. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was just going to say to Sean, you know, I think the thing that you hit on that unites you and Kim and hopefully the three of us as well is that uh, the people who are drawn to us, whether it's to volunteer or to tell our stories or to work here, are people who have a really positive outlook on the life, who have a belief in the goodness of each other and, and a belief that the work that we do makes a difference and they want to be part of that. And when we first met Kim, we saw that immediately. So uh, she was part of the inaugural class, the very first class of what we call the Fresh Force program. Fresh Force is a, a program that we developed here over the last year that is really designed to help people who come to see us move forward in their life and get out of that place where they need food assistance you know because it's one thing and it's a really meaningful thing to provide help today to put food on a plate tonight but we know to end hunger to get past that place where we're in need of food relief we need to help people gain skills and employ a, you know and in a place of employment where they can take care of themselves and yep. that really getting back to a place where we're respecting their dignity because nobody wants to be in our line all the time. They just don't. You know, there's there's nobody who's coming to us, especially in these days, who is looking forward to having to ask and put a hand out and, and ask for help. And so we created Fresh Force with the idea that we wanted to help people move forward in life. And so we know here, you know, with a 20-plus truck fleet, we know all we need to know about truck driving. We yeah. have 9,000 square feet of warehouse that we have food coming in and out of all the time and moving 5 million pounds a month. We know all about warehousing and logistics. And with Trinity Cafe and the amazing food they provide there, we know how to, to cook. And so we took those three core skills and we developed workforce development programs around each of them. And Kim came to us for that first class. And, you know, when she showed up, I, I don't think she really had a good idea of, of where she wanted to end up. She just knew she didn't want to be where she was. Um, and, you know, she, gave, she took full advantage of the opportunity. It's what I say to my boys, what I'm sure you say to your girls. Uh, when I used to be a youth minister, I'd say this to kids who go on retreat. You know, you're going to get out of this experience what you put into it. Right. Input her whole heart and soul into being the best warehouse and logistics associate she could possibly be. She aced every test. She was the first one to complete every certification. She was a fantastic student. And 
you could tell she just clicked with us as an organization right away. And, you know, we went into that program wanting to help people find employment out in the community and not necessarily with Feeding Tampa Bay. As much as we love our Fresh Force students when we have them, you know, we love to get them employed by Publix. Right. And get out of here, right? <laughs> right, right. You, go, you know, move on to the next phase. But with Kim, it was kind of a, it was just a, a, a serendipitous moment where we needed someone who was as positive as she is, who was as sound in the understanding of logistics and organization as she is. And the, the week she graduated, we had to hire somebody to run our mobile pantries. And so when she applied, I think all of us were like running around the office with her resume going, yes, 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 we want to know, We were really excited. And, and so the offer went out immediately. She accepted without reservation. And you just love to see her face when she's here. Yeah, you guys excel at the art of the comeback, right? The art of the comeback. It's, uh, you know, it's the, the, uh, the old saying, it's, uh, you know, it's what, not a handout, it's a hand up. It's, uh, you know, um, and uh, telling that story, uh, and every time I tell your story, it is about people making a comeback, you know, um, you know, and, 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 you know, that, I, you know, I, I just love it. I mean, everyone deserves a second chance. And, uh, and you guys are so good about putting people in that position to, uh, whether it's people receiving the food or people in fresh force or whatever, getting people to, to, to move forward in a positive way. You know, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I love telling those stories all the time. Um, like Shannon, I, you know, I don't know uh, how much you want to get into it. You know, that story was a lot of people saw that story, you know, and, uh, and I love it. I stand behind it. I thought it was great. Um, you know, uh, not everyone's past is perfect. I'm not making excuses for anybody, but the whole point of that thing was that Kim uh, is tremendous at her job. She's tremendous at her job. And there were that day, I don't know how many people online. But, you know, uh, and, and Shen, you sent me the numbers, but hundreds and hundreds of people were benefiting by how good she was at her job, you know, and that's what I was there. I was there to tell that story, you know, and so that program, as far as I'm considered, is just um, is magical, you know. Um, again, you guys uh, hear a lot of stories where we're not all perfect. You know, some of us have made mistakes in our past, but you guys are trying to say, OK, you made those mistakes. Let's let's move forward. Let's, uh, you know, uh, let's, uh, you know, make sure the rest of your life is, 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 is great, you know, and you're helping people and you're, you're, you know, service. It's all about, uh, you know, I don't know. Like I said, the art of the comeback, you guys are great at it. Yeah, and, I think and we, we encourage Kim and from that story coming out and, you know, we had, you know, we can say that, um, a little tiny bit of, uh, Kim's past from that story did come up. She's okay with us sharing that. Um, and she, we had a really long talk about it and it's just, she just needs to shine on and yeah. she absolutely doing that every single day, which you experienced, you featured. Um, I will tell you that uh, most of us, um, at feeding Tampa Bay, when fresh four students come in, we re really don't, I don't ask what their past is because I'll be honest with you. I don't care. Yeah. You know, from the minute that Kim hit the door, um, with her personality and uh, her drive and passion, even before we knew what her job would be, uh, she was amazing when she was coming to, to class and 
engaging and anything we'd ask her to do beyond what she was doing at class. Um, she was just part of us the minute she came in. So um, until the story, I really didn't know what her story was before I met laid eyes on her. And really that's what the heart and soul about the it is about the Fresh Force program. So we just, we appreciate you focusing on the good. That's what um, you do. That's what you bring to Tampa Bay when uh, we have the TV on or it's being shared again on social, uh, which really is not, the digital is the driver for most everything we do now. And um, it, your, your stories just make our day brighter. And you did that for Kim. It was one of her proudest moments, the story that you did. And now I'm getting a little misty because even though a little negative came out of that, um, it was one of the, her greatest moments. And it was oh. something she was very proud and she shared with her son, um, who of course is the apple of her eye. So it was a true gift for her for you to do that. So I appreciate it. We all do. Yeah, so uh, like for a lot of my stories, I mean, listen, I was a music critic for a long time and you wanna get people angry. <laughs> you know, you go to a Celine Dion show and say you didn't like it and you get about like, 500 people saying you're the devil. So um, I'm used to people uh, having very visceral reactions about my work, you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of people. And so with the Kim story, I had people saying, oh, my God, this made my day. You know, this woman is uh, heroic. Uh, and then we had some people who, you know, Kim knew from her past who were pretty upset about it. But, you know, um, I, I stand behind my story. I told the story I wanted to tell, you know, and talking with Kim, I knew that her, uh, her past was not perfect. You know, but uh, what she was doing now was was fantastic. You yeah. know, what she was doing now was amazing. So, listen, uh, you know, I stand behind what I did. We did tweak our uh, online. Uh, we 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 filled out her journey a little bit online. You know, but we still felt um, you know uh, great about the story. You know, yeah. and what she, and what she was doing, and you know. I tell you, there's a spot in her for heaven, and you know, uh, a spot for her in heaven. I mean, like again, excelling at the art of the comeback. You know, yeah. so um, I was happy to do that. And you know, when you told me she was a little upset about how we had tweaked things, I, you know, I felt bad. But I guess I kind of st stood behind that too. You know, yeah. I mean, we were, the, the whole thing was a matter of truth telling. There was never a point where we weren't telling the truth about something. But again, the point we wanted to get across is that um, just you know the amazing job she's doing now. Yeah, and you know, when you when you're telling a story about us and how treating everybody with dignity is central to what we believe and how we operate, there's no one that exemplifies that more than Kim. Because if you think someone like Shannon or me or Ev can uh, try to empathize or or see where people are and and look at them and, and treat them with dignity and respect, Kim knows their story because she lived their story. It's a great point. And no one is going to treat somebody with more respect and show them more dignity and give them a more dignified experience with us than Kim. They're just not. I, I mean, I think the reason she's so good at what she does is because uh, she has been there. She has been in a lot of people's uh, position, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, that's, again, that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. But again, I, it was just amazing doing the story and I stand behind it. And she's, I can't wait to follow up with her in five years and she's going to be doing even more amazing things. Running this yeah, absolutely is. And you helped inspire <laughs> her as well. So thank you so much. We want to thank you for taking the time with us.
Wait, it's over now? Are we wrapping things up? Is that what I said? Time oh, wait. Flies. I didn't get my chance to cry yet. Oh, wait, Shannon, let, hold on. Give me another story. Well, I was going to talk about both of us. on the forklift and how you... Uh, oh, this- yeah. How excited I was. Yes. Wait, can you bounce me? Can we go up <laughs> Stick a forklift in it. Yeah. There you go. I just, I'm going to go back and just do a story on the forklift operator so I can ride around that all day. <laughs> I mean, I imagine that you will do, uh, you know, hopefully dozens more stories together. Um, And uh, every time I hear your name, I'm out in a story and they're like, oh, feeding Tempe. It just, uh, you know, it feels great because I I know that you're uh, all tremendous people. And uh, it's always a pleasure working with all of you. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you, friend. Thank you for being there for everybody. We appreciate you. Awesome. Special. Now I just now I had to, now I just have to get more uh, listens on this than Ernest Hooper. <laughs> I should issue the challenge now to Hoop. Who's going to get more listens? We'll have the to donate. You know? yeah. One of us will donate, uh, you know, a thousand, and the other five hundred or something. No, um, that's okay. We'll get the station to share this, and then we're golden. There you go. Right, right, right. Well, but guys, have fun. I love the show, and I'm proud of you for doing this. And uh, anytime you need me for anything, just let me know. Thank, Thank you. We appreciate you. All right. Have a great one. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, guys, on today's edition of What the Food Bank, we have our uh, Fresh Force Superstar graduate, uh, Kim Ramey, here. Hi, Kim. Hi. And uh, we kind of wanted to, you know, we, we talked to Sean Daly a little bit about, you know, his interview with her and the story that he did about her working in the community right now and uh, directing our mobile pantries. And so, you know, Kim, we wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about what your experience was like with Fresh Forest, and then we can get into, you know, the work that you're doing now in the community. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, I did not even know what Fresh Forest was. I was um, enrolled in Abram Ministries, ready for work. And we actually came to the warehouse as one of our volunteer experiences. And I ended up going to the warehouse and volunteering in the sorting area with two of my actual classmates in Fresh Force for the first cohort. And um, we were all talking one day and they were applying for Fresh Force program. And I was in the um, room where we do our computer work and we um, create resumes and send, um, you know, send our information for um, jobs or resumes and all that. Um, So I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't want to do it. Everyone else except me was signed up. And then I thought about it and I was like, wait a minute, I have this job barrier now that I've never experienced in my life. So I need to make the wise decision because I don't know how long it will be to find an employer that will give me that chance. I need to take this opportunity for the paid training program and know that I have this stability of being paid for these 10 weeks and learning new skills that I knew that could only help me. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you ever foresee yourself? Um, well, let me rephrase that. What was your goal with the three different opportunities that Fresh Force uh, puts out there? What, what were you looking at? Okay. Well, my driving record is not good. So that one was scratched. 
I do not enjoy cooking at all. I enjoy there you go. I order out very well. I do not like cooking. So <laughs> the choice of warehousing. Got you. I, that's how I met you was through Fresh Force. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm not shy to say that you have this uh, bubbly, amazing, warm personality from the minute that you started school there um, or training. I always call it school and I get in so much trouble. Training. <laughs> <laughs> well, I call Mike my instructor, so. Right, right. And uh, that's Mike Fiva Perkins mm -hmm. that we're, yeah. re we're referencing there. He was uh, in charge of the Fresh Force program. Mm -hmm. So I've got to say, um, from the minute you walked in the door, and we did talk to, about that in uh, during the podcast, uh, that it was just you were a perfect fit from the minute that you started. And uh, we just really enjoyed you from the very beginning. So, you know, tell us about what that program was like for you once you were in it to win it. Okay. Um, like I said, I did not know anything about the program. I went, we went to week zero. I felt welcome from the moment that I um, went into the classroom. We did icebreakers. We did all kinds of um, team building exercises. And I just, I felt welcome and I was so happy that I made the decision to apply for the program. Um, I just, we were told by Matt Spence that um, we were family and that if we were chosen, we were part of this family and that, you know, we would stay and become a part of this family. Um, and that the whole time is exactly how I felt and all of my classmates. Um, every time Mike Perkins, who was my instructor for Fresh Force, every time he would say when it got towards the end, um, Kim, do you want anything? Do you need anything? He said that every day to everybody multiple times. I said, yes, a job here every time he asked me. And then all the time when he would ask me after we did our soft skills and we did our meet and greet with several companies, he was like, Kim, where do you want to work? Here, I would answer. And he'd say, you want to work at Baycare, Kim? No, I want to work here. And, you know, I just I just knew that I didn't want to be anywhere else. Um, I just, I learned so much. I laughed so much. I, um, Jim Carpenter, who's our director of operations, he taught us in the first class just everything about the warehouse, which helps me so much in my job today. I know so much that, you know, I never thought I would even need to know, but you know, the knowledge and the, just, we were welcomed. We got to go to the Thanksgiving dinner, you know, we were recognized our whole class. I just, you know, I, like I said, I did not want to go anywhere else. And after we graduated, I was, I kept looking every day for a position at Feeding Tampa Bay. And I was like, okay, I'm not qualified for this one. I'm not qualified for this one. I actually had made the decision that I was going to work day labor and I was going to wait patiently for a job at Feeding Tampa Bay. <laughs> and it was the first day that I was gonna go do day labor and it was five o'clock in the morning um, that I had to set my alarm the next day. And I was not mad that my phone died. So <laughs> I, over 
I overslept and I plugged my phone in and I kid you not, as soon as my phone turned on, like two minutes later, Mike Perkins calls me and he's like, Kim, get, get on the computer and look at the website. Um, Catherine's going to call you about a job. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> so I called my now boss and um, I'm looking at the job description right before I call her. And I'm like, no way, because if I could have any job here, I would want to go to the community and feed people. So I'm reading it. I'm talking to her. She's like, when can you come in? I'm like, how about right now? <laughs> so I jumped in the shower and I was there in 45 minutes. <laughs> I love and it. Awesome. And, you know, and we were so proud too to have you on. And, you know, and I would love to hear kind of about, um, you know, how, how the process was like getting out of the community and getting started with that before all of this happened. And you know, I know that you made a lot of connections in the community and people look forward to meeting with you and seeing you. And, you know, tell us a little about what that was like once you got started. Okay. Um, I was a little bit intimidated at first because the V. Kelly, <laughs> as they call him, <laughs> who had the position prior to me, who was promoted <laughs> everybody loves v <laughs> yeah, yeah but i was like and i was told by um rhonda i believe um our coo who actually referred me for my position to my boss that i would be a great fit for this job because she loved my energy and how i worked with my classmates and um she had this position prior to v some time way back when but anyway, she told me that would be my biggest challenge is that everybody loves him. And I said, well, that's okay. I can make them fall in love with me. That's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just, you know, I, I observed V, you know, as much as I could. He was supposed to go to every single um, pantry with me and make introductions. But as we know in the real, the real world, uh, you know, work uh, world. Sometimes people have to jump into their new positions and go elsewhere and can't hold your hand to each one. But, you know, I just, I, he did about four or five pantries with me. And I was just like, okay, I got this. I mean, sometimes we have to jump in and dive in head first. It's called yeah. winging it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, um, so anyway, you know, I just made the connections and I have absolutely met, like you mentioned, Ev, some of the most wonderful people in this community and made some of the best friendships. Um, there is a woman, Ograta Miller, who has volunteered for us for four years. And she is now, I can say, one of my best friends. I absolutely love her. She even gave me one of her vintage t-shirts of Feeding Tampa Bay. Wow. And she runs um, two mobile pantries for us and has for four years. She is absolutely incredible. She has a full-time job with Bank of America, one of our sponsors. And she is just uh, one of the many that are out there. There's also a gentleman, Larry, with Make a Difference in Pasco that is just such an incredible person and helps others. And he just moved our Lowe's mobile pantry location to Pasco County, um, the fairgrounds yesterday, so that we could feed more people. And I believe there were at least um, 
over 375 cars between 375 and 400 yesterday that we fed because we knew that in the Lowe's parking lot, there wasn't enough room for the need of everyone that we needed to feed. And I get to you, I get to work with um, the St. Pete Police Department and Reverend Irby. He um, is the Reverend that oversees all of them. We have a, um, a commissioner, she comes and volunteers. I just, just countless people and a woman in Polk um, County, we now have 20 sponsored um, mobile pantries through United Way sponsoring them. And this woman, we fed probably over 400 families that day and she was going to feed the homeless that evening. She wow. is just amazing. So these people that I'm like, I'm so honored to be able to work beside them and to help our community. I'm just like in awe of them. I'm like, their their hearts are just like gold. They're they're wonderful people. So before we we spoke with Sean Daly um, before we're speaking with you now, and he came out and did an amazing story with you and I, and he featured your journey and kind of showed you in action, um, which you do an incredible job. Just listening to you. Talk about the relationships that you're, you've built and continue to cultivate, um, the opportunities that uh, you're developing even further in our, our the counties that we serve, um, not just Hillsborough, not just Pinellas, but you're mentioning Polk and Pasco. Um, so you really get out there and serve those um, that need us the most. Then uh, the numbers that you're generating, you're talking, you know, before, uh, the health crisis. I know what, what were the numbers then? Maybe 200? Around 200. Right. Around 200 yeah, yeah. was your norm. And now you're talking 300, 350, 400. And you then know. I have some that have reported like, um, well, that's just families. I've had um, mobile pantries report 700 individuals to over a thousand wow. at one pantry. Wow. wow. So the so the need is magnified. The need is so great. So tell us a little bit about your experience with your and how much fun you had um, when we did our story. Oh, I loved it. It was great. Um, I love Sean. He is absolutely amazing. Um, I was very excited to be able to show because when you say mobile pantry, a lot of people don't, you know, understand. And I feel like it, you know, you need to video it for people to see the whole picture. Mm -hmm. You know, a, right. picture just, a picture just doesn't work. And um, today, my driver, he took a video of our one at CDC, which I have um, I thought was amazing. And he sped it up. It was pretty cool. <laughs> um, but I was just very excited to um, have everyone see exactly what it is and how grateful the people, our guests are. Um, for the gift that they receive. Yeah. And a lot of the people, you know, our um, work family, they don't get to see that. And I feel like I am, I, I feel so special and privileged because I'm like, I'm the one that gets to see the looks on their faces. And I'm the one that gets to, you know, give the treats to the kids and then, you know, they're happy. And, you know, they they don't have the treats at home because their parents can't afford it. Just something as simple as that and you know as we um as you saw you know the um 
the seniors coming in line that they have no other way to to make you know to supplement their income and just how truly grateful they are um i just was very happy that it got to be documented that you know so people can see the whole experience yeah and makes you feel good i mean you have developed a rapport you know sean shares that uh his experience was that you could read the people in the car that you knew give this one extra they you know because they were being um you know, really shy, uh, really reserved about asking for help. And you would ask how many in their home, which is our standard, but you made them feel comfortable and you knew when to give them extra, that you know how to read the line, which is in our world, which is, is our language. Um, you, know how, you know how to read the line and know how much food is on your truck and what, what you can give and when you need to slow up, when you need to uh, be more generous. And that was really fascinating to him. And he, uh, when you listen, you'll hear um, that that was one of the most um, uh, touching stories that he said that he's ever been able to share. But, um, and he considers you a friend. Aww. So um, part of that story that I do want to share, because I think it's really important, um, is about Fresh Force. And uh, people come to Fresh Force because they have a barrier to employment. And um, that barrier through that story kind of came up a little bit um, mm -hmm. and it took a really shining moment mm -hmm. and put a gray cloud on it for a minute, which we didn't allow it to be much more, right? Right. It took it for a minute and I kind of, we wanted to touch on that just for a bit with you to help people understand um, what that feels like, what it means and how you come out on the other side of it, because um, I think it's really important for people to hear. Okay. Go I again. made decisions in my past um, that caused me to have the job barrier that I had when I came to Fresh Force. Um, I worked really, really hard to overcome um, my past and move forward to become the person that I want to be and the best version of myself. And through Fresh Force, I was able to, I felt like each week become the better version of myself that I once was before I made my mistake. And I feel like it's really important for people to not have to relive their mistake every day to be able to have a fresh start which is what fresh force is to be able to have a chance to maybe you're not able to make amends to whoever you did whatever to but you can make a daily amends by helping the community or being the best person that you can be that day um, doing the best job you can just by being a, you know, contributing mem member of society and not have to be in the food line and have to be held down for your mistake for the rest of your life and to be able to move forward and shine. And, you know, by me being blessed by Fresh Force and by fe feeding Tampa Bay, 
it not only affects my life, it affects everyone's life that I go out there and I get to give hope to when I hand them food, when I get to, you know, tell them it's going to be okay. When I had a whole car full of people in the car crying and I was trying so hard not to cry and I gave them my bracelet that said pray first from my church because they were all on disability and they did not know where their next meal was going to be from. And I was like, it's going to be okay here. Have this, you know, just mm -hmm. any bit of hope that I can, can give them um, to let them know that it's, it's going to get better. And, you know, um, I've had an experience at that same where we did the story with um, Sean Daly and Dover. Yes. I spoke to a mother and a daughter that the daughter had moved here. She became homeless through a situation she never foresaw. And I was able to tell her my story of going through Fresh Force and what I went through and her hugging me before this crisis, hugging me and embracing me and telling me thank you because I told her in the darkest times of your life, it is the hardest, the hardest thing to do to be able to get through it is to see that light and to be able to have that hope and just keep moving forward. And I think that's very, that's very important to be able to give that to another person. And it's also a huge honor and a gift that I, something I get to do every day. Well, I think um, we're really grateful for Sean Daly to share our stories, he shared several of Feeding Tampa Bay stories. One feature uh, being Kim, um, which was a beautiful story on how you serve our community. Countless, countless families. We're up more than 400% right now of people needing food in this health crisis. And my friend, you are on the front line and um, you need to keep shining forward, giving hope and doing what you do. And I just wanted you to be able to use your voice and let people know that you are moving forward and uh, doing what you do best. And that's being part of our family and helping us uh, serve the community in the way that we do. So thank you. Thank you so much. And you are, you're us, my friend, and I will see you very soon, right there, serving beside you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right. Take care, Kim. Good Bye talking love. to you. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.